just because you, you've done a corrective action to an identified finding doesn't mean that it's, it's solved. Welcome to Sense Sliced Bread. I'm your host, Charlotte Ashley, editor of Baking and Snack. With the FASTER Act going into effect at the beginning of this year and the final rule of the Food Safety Modernization Act being finalized, food safety and sanitation is just one more challenge at the forefront of bakers' minds these days. In this season of Sense Slice Bread, we're bringing you conversations with food safety experts to bring you up to speed on the latest changes and best practices when it comes to food safety. This episode of Since Slice Bread is brought to you by Miller Milling, a leader in the premium flour industry and 100% not gluten-free. In today's episode, I spoke with Steve Robert, Global Vice President of Sales, Marketing, and Product Innovation for AIB International. Steve and I talk about how you can best equip your team to take ownership of food safety, through training and best practices. Welcome to Scent Slice Bread, Steve. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Steve, let's get started by talking. We're, we're talking this season all about food safety and regulations and how bakeries can best position themselves to have a great food safety record. You've had a decent career in, this, in the food safety space. Over that career, how have you seen food safety evolve? Yeah, well, uh, like like many things, it, it really evolved through events, and um, I think most of us could could go back and and look at the uh, E. coli outbreak of 1992-1993 when the uh, Jack in the Box E. coli outbreak happened. Obviously, it was uh, catastrophic. Uh, there were deaths and uh, several hundred people very very ill. You know, at that time, uh, regulators you know, didn't feel they were responsible for, you know, for example, pathogens in raw meat and that, you know, the, the end user of the product was really supposed to make sure that, uh, that that product was cooked and it was uh, operating under really traditional methods. And uh, we have, we're, we're just in a completely different space now. I think what we see is that um, the regulators and industry are are really aligning much more closely than they ever have. If you were to go back to, to the 90s to now, uh, it's it's massive. Then, uh, of course, there's uh, GFSI, which is really taking uh, the responsibility of, of managing the supply chain for food safety. And um, companies across the industry really trying to follow the uh, regulations or the principles of risk-based prevention and continuous improvement on food safety. Wow, that's really interesting to hear how the regulatory and the industry has really come together to keep the public safe. We need to consume food and we need to do so in a safe way that's not going to cause illness and potentially even death. Exactly, exactly. Super important. From where you sit, what are some common misconceptions you've seen in the baking industry around food safety and implementing their food safety programs as things have changed? I mean, especially in the last 10 years with the implementation of FISMA. Sure, sure. I think uh, pathogen environmental monitoring is one uh, where, you know, you see people doing swabs, but they, they'll, they'll swab all their swabs in one day 
rather than spreading it out over time, maybe doing a couple of week, a few a week and, and going on to the next week rather than doing, you know, X number in, in one day over the course of a month. Sanitation, you know, uh, that, that's critical. It, it looks clean, but you got to test to make sure it is clean. The, the other piece that's really critical, we've learned, you know, well, I hope we've learned really, really well is crisis management plans. It cannot be limited to product recalls. It just shouldn't be uh, limited to a product recall. It should incorporate all departments to really make sure there's contingency planning for alternate suppliers, um, maintaining a, a really robust supplier verification, ensuring you have a great or good amount of PPE on hand in anticipation of our next pandemic, HR, procurement, environmental health and safety, QA, you know, all of, all of these departments need to be a part of the process. I, I really hope that's, that's one thing that, um, you know, manufacturers have, have taken away from, from what we've, we've been through since, you know, since February slash March, 2020 with, with the, uh, with the pandemic. I, I, I think those are some of the things. And, uh, finally, I'll, I'll say, is um, is around um, repeat items that where you have findings on a, a GMP. It, it's really making sure that you know just because you've you've done a corrective action to an identified uh, finding uh, doesn't mean that it's it's solved. So sometimes we we really see well we did this so it's no longer an issue. Actually, you know, did you just did you just fix that temporarily, you really need to take a deep dive into it and, and bring others in so that you're building awareness in the organization. Right. Making sure you're not just treating a symptom, but you're actually treating the cause. You got it. Exactly. So that leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about pretty nicely, which is best practices. What are some practices that every bakery should be doing if they want to have a successful food safety program? I'm really super passionate about this question. Culture, top down, making food safety a priority. And that, you know, really sounds uh, cliche sometimes, but it, it, it's really, really important that you encourage and incent the right behaviors. Too often hear of, you know, the frustrations when someone has shut down a line and because they, they thought they observed something. And, you know, of course, it causes some challenges to get things restarted, but my gosh, I mean, you know, safety and quality need to be paramount, right? It's it's just absolutely critical. Regular cadence for plant personnel to review internal and external inspections, so GMPs, or audit findings, so that would be more, you know, GFSI related. It's a great way to build awareness and knowledge with the people. And those people really are the best line of, and I'm going to say offense, because it, it, it really allows the people to become engaged and to proactively address opportunities as they see them. The more eyes in your plant that are actually acutely aware of what to look for, the better. And it builds confidence with your team members and guess what? The decision makers within the organization, the folks who, who, who have to be thinking about the operations and making sure that it's, it's running smoothly, they can sleep a little easier at night knowing that folks are really, really 
aware of what they need to be doing, which leads me to my final point on, on this is, is training. Train and onboard new employees really, really well. Uh, make sure you're using engaging uh, training materials that will, you know, capture the, the reader or the person you're training. And that would be for new or temporary workers, because we know that uh, many plants are bringing in temporary workers. And that will make sure that they're really doing the best that they can and that food safety, they, they are, you know, aware is, is paramount because all of us, and I say all of us, are consumers and we want to be safe. And we absolutely want our families to be safe. So make sure these new new employees and, and temporary employees are, are really, really well trained. Let's take a short break to hear from our sponsor. This episode of Since Sliced Bread is brought to you by Miller Milling. At Miller Milling, wheat is an ingredient, not a commodity. We define ourselves by our mission. It's simple, to provide our customers with safe, high-quality grain-based products. More than that, our goal is to back up what we produce with exceptional service, carried out by exceptional, engaged people. Miller Milling will work with you to find solutions, including flowers, that fit your business. Now, back to the conversation. Yeah, that goes back to what you said earlier about equipping the entire team, not just the food safety person, to be looking for what they need to look for when it comes to food safety issues. And I imagine training plays a major part in that. Massive, massive. You can't underscore the importance of training. And that's especially true in today's environment, if you think about it. We have 50 plus uh, percent attrition rate. Uh, in the industry, and uh, in some cases, uh, even higher than that, in critical positions like sanitation. I mean, you have to make sure that you have all, all the eyes on the plant are, are well-trained so that they can play an active role in, in protecting the quality and safety of the product and obviously the integrity of your brand. It's super critical. I do want to come back and talk more about training because it is so important to success, but I did want to touch on where do you see the gaps in bakeries when it comes to food safety? Where, where are some of the places that bakeries are kind of dropping the ball? Yeah, sure. I, I, I love this question as well. And, um, and this applies to bakeries and, and other segments within the industry. So it's uh, not limited to baking, but uh Hopefully this provides some, some good insight. I think temporarily addressing an item or a finding, which I mentioned earlier, but not really addressing the variable behind it, right? So the control piece, which is really the people. So going back and sitting down with those people and, and really kind of doing a deep dive, that, that's, that's one of the things that I think, you know, the ball has dropped significantly on across the industry and I'm I'm talking globally not following instructions exactly or taking the time to do so so directions label directions and then uh, chemical dilution rates is another aspect that's super important for sanitation you got to follow the ratios 
And, and the last one that I'll say is, is really test your work. Just test it. Just because it looks clean, is it clean? The product line is super important to, to keep running. I totally get it. But I, I come back to this again, and it's a common theme. Nothing trumps the food safety aspect of what you produce. Absolutely nothing. So if, if that message can, can run through all the organizations and people that listen to this podcast, that would make me super happy. Because, right, what is the um, consequence of falling down on food safety? You end up like Jack in the Box or Lance with a massive outbreak that could severely harm your business, if not put you out of business on top of whatever human costs there is. Exactly. I mean, if we really want to, you know, look at that, I mean, we're, we're talking about 48 million people in the U.S. One in six get sick. 128,000 are hospitalized. 3,000 die each year from foodborne illness, according to recent data from the CDC and prevention. This is a significant public health burden, right? I mean, it, it, it's massive. And then you, you take it a step further. One one third of those deaths are, are children under five. That, that's it's very very uh, sad and critical for us in our industry to really uh, be leading uh, by example in every aspect because safety really is paramount. And I want to touch on something that I feel like has come up several times in what you've shared, Steve. Is I've been covering the industry for nearly 12 years now, and even I've seen this shift away from a reactionary positioning around food safety to um, a proactive approach, like you were talking about, going on the offense. And even that idea of not just, just because it looks clean doesn't mean it is clean. This move toward validation, proving that it's clean, proving that the kill step works, et cetera. Yeah, um, you know, data data-driven results, right? It, it, it's, it's so important. Uh, data will, uh, will you know, uh, always, always supersede uh, anecdotal um, uh, information. So it, it's really important that um, we do our due diligence. Uh, people are depending on us to do our due diligence. It's really, really, really important for us to do that. So let's talk, go back to talking about training. We've talked a little bit about why it's so critical because your people are the variable. They're the ones on the front lines checking things out. They're the ones who are going to see things first. And if they don't know what they don't know, what they don't know, you have to train them. Why is training so difficult for bakeries to implement or even find it to be successful? Yeah. Well, especially in today's environment, right? The uh, attrition rates that I mentioned earlier play a massive, massive role in, in challenges because there's, there's less people actively on the plant floor. There's several new or temporary employees coming into the organization and they're really trying to, to play catch up. But as I mentioned, they're you, you cannot sacrifice the training piece. You, you really have to dig in as an organization and, um, and really take a consultative approach with, with all departments in the best way to at least get the essentials of training established for any new 
and, and temporary employees, and then really making sure that employees who have some tenure within, within the organization, that they have a continuous training plan where they can step away at certain points of the day to complete some form of self-paced e-learning training. Uh, there's, there's several ways to approach this, but uh, certainly there has to be a well-thought-out plan to really address the culture piece that we just talked about a few minutes ago, because uh, that, that is critical. So tell me about the different food safety training that AIB offers, because I know that the company has launched some new programs out there for the, to support the baking industry in this endeavor. Yeah. So we have, uh, I just mentioned e-learning. We've spent a great deal of time and effort to really have some engaging training courses because, you know, training has had to be delivered much differently since the start of obviously 2020 we were limited in how we could conduct training. We couldn't, you know, go on site anymore and do the in-person training in the facilities. We had to look at options. E-learning was by far the best forum to do that. And certainly we invested a great deal of time and effort to do that. And also making sure that managers have access to the, the learning modules to see how people were doing with their training because each module there's there's a test and those types of things so management has some sort of visibility in how people are doing they can identify hey they're doing really well on the sanitation piece but my gosh they're struggling over here with some of the um, some of the allergen management practices and these types of things so there, there's a lot of different uh, different ways we can do that. So e-learning seems to be the growing way that organizations globally would like to onboard new employees and upskill current employees. But we're also seeing a resurgence of our in-person training, which is really, really nice. But uh, but yeah, I, I think the, the combination of those two seems to uh, seems to be uh, the method of choice. What are some other ways that AIB International supports baking companies in their in meeting their food safety and sanitation goals? Yep. So, um, well, regarding food safety and sanitation goals, I mean, definitely we we have a new uh, food safety and sanitation online course, and we also uh, offer a, um, a a consulting portion where after the person has taken the sanitation course. They can actually spend time with one of our food safety professionals to, to dig in further in terms of further questions they may have, or also just getting some guidance on specific challenges that they may have run into. And we can pr- provide some, some options in terms of recourse or resolution. That's great to hear. It always seems so effective to follow up with a real person who can reinforce those principles. And I just want to take some time. I know we do experience a lot of attrition in the baking industry, and there can be an influx of new personnel in the baking industry, and food safety certifications can get, there's a lot of acronyms out there. So I was hoping we could take some time, and if you could explain a little bit about the difference between, um, you've mentioned GMPs and GFSI already, but also HACCP and FISMA for our listeners, and kind of how all those things work together. Sure. So um, HACCP really, you know, focuses on preventing post-process contamination 
Whereas, you know, FSMA, Food Safety Plan, takes a more preventative focus, identifying potential risks and implementing controls to proactively prevent contamination. So, so that would be, you know, one way to look at it. The other way I like to look at it is to say there's, there's one piece which is really, I'd say, significantly focused on documentation control to make sure that all the processes are, are written. You can follow the plan to a T and it will lead you to, to hopefully making some decisions in terms of what your next step is. So it's really document control, which is kind of the GMI piece. The GMP piece, at least from an AIB perspective and what I refer to as our point of differentiation is the boots on the ground in the facility. And that's going in and, and really, you know, lifting up those drain traps and looking at the ceilings and identifying if there's, you know, peeling paint over product zones. And it, it's really digging in. It's looking at, the, you know, are you using food grade lubricant on your equipment? And uh, it, it's really digging in to help build awareness within the facility and, and taking them through what they should be looking for. We want them to see what we're looking at. We want them to understand why we're looking at it and why we're digging further in certain areas and explaining you know, what it is that we're concerned about. These things hopefully will intertwine a fabric of partnership. That's what's really important about this is uh, inspections, unannounced inspections, they should never ever be viewed as anything other than we're there to work with you to make sure that product is safe, people are safe, that, that's really the number one goal. So I'd say document focused and then the boots on the ground, that's where you, you help to build that culture. Thank you so much for illuminating all of that for any new listeners we have out there. Steve, as we're wrapping up our conversation, I'd just like to kind of summarize what we've talked about by thinking about the baking companies that kind of set the gold standard for food safety. When you think of those companies, what are some of the hallmarks or must-haves that you see in their food safety plan and the way their company culture is that you could share with our listeners so that they might have some good key takeaways? Yeah, I, um, it's certainly uh, not, not rocket science, but I'll tell you, I've, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of great ones out there. And uh, for me, it always comes back to, to the leadership and really making sure that the approach is, is really top down, making the food safety a priority and truly, truly encouraging and incenting those those behaviors that I, I mentioned earlier. That's really important. The second piece that I'll say is taking the time. And I really, really mean this sincerely is, is just take the extra time to, to sit down with people when you have experienced something that has caused you to shut down a line uh, or you've, you've had an issue with, with quality, safety, my gosh, take the time with the team, the people to, to really review it and create an understanding of why it's so important, what the associated consequences are if you don't address it for the long term, and what that impact would have on the company and the people who work for the company. I think, I think doing those things 
really, really helps to make people feel like they're truly a part of a team. And last but not least, I come back to it again. The only way to, to give your people the confidence, the confidence to execute in, in such a fashion where, where they, they feel comfortable doing these things is, is through training. Education is, is the number one piece to make sure that you're, you're leading in all aspects of food safety because they are the eyes in the facility. Your eyes can't be everywhere. You need everyone's eyes to, to, to be on the ball. And so the more you can do there, the better, the better off we all are. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for taking the time to um, sit with me and share your insights and knowledge with our listeners. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Sense Sliced Bread. If you'd like to join the conversation, leave us a voicemail at 816-968-7772. Or you can record a message using the Voice Memo app on your smartphone and email it to podcast at sosland.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Miller Milling, a leader in the premium flour industry and 100% not gluten-free. Don't forget to subscribe to Scent Slice Bread on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and drop us a review. Scent Slice Bread is a baking and snack podcast produced by Taryn Parker and hosted by Charlotte Atchley.